Hello, and you are listening to Eco Justice Radio from the KPFK Los Angeles studio, a project of SoCal 350 Climate Action. Our show presents environmental and climate stories from a social justice frame featuring voices not necessarily heard on traditional, mainstream, or even public media outlets. I am Jessica Aldridge, and on today's show, host Carrie Kim discusses No Justice, No Peace, 21 Generations with Renee Mims and J.J. Cabasa, revered elders, committed activists, musicians, and community leaders in Los Angeles's Lamert Park. And for our listeners, No Justice, No Peace is spelled K-N-O-W. Both have dedicated their lives to empowering and educating others about the traditional wisdom and rich cultural heritage of African peoples. Today, they are speaking with us from their home base, The World Stage, an educational and performance art space founded by the late world-renowned master jazz drummer Billy Higgins and by poet and community arts activist Kamau Daoud. Renee Mims is a community leader, activist, and the founder of Shine, Muasi Women's African Drum Circle. She founded this group to spread the knowledge and wisdom embodied by West African drum culture combined with healing, empowerment, and inspiration. JJ Kabasa is an accomplished musician, educator, activist, and griot, or historian, who keeps record of and for the African people who reside in Los Angeles. Aloha. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Carrie Kim, and we're here with Renee Mims and JJ Kabasa, both elders, longtime activists, and community leaders in Lamert Park. Welcome, Mama Nene and JJ. We're so grateful to have you on the show today. All right, thank you. Give thanks. Happy thank to be you here. for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So I think most people tuning in will know, but just as a review this week in response to the unconscionable killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. Widespread protests have erupted in at least 430 towns and cities across the country, and as well as globally in solidarity. People responded with shock and outrage, witnessing the viral video of Officer Derek Chauvin putting his knee upon George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes. The disproportionate killing and oppression of black people by the police and systemic racism has plagued this country since its inception. And George Floyd's death follows numerous deaths of black men and women, including most recently Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. And before them, just to say their names, Isale Ford, Philando Castile, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, and that is not a comprehensive list. Without doubt, there have been countless other deaths and brutal encounters that have escaped documentation in the public eye. So it's a time of great spiritual and moral reckoning, and we bear witness to it all with heavy hearts. So I would love to uh, ask you both, you know, what your your feelings were in seeing the video and, and, you know, what you have been going through since this began. For me, he called for his mama. And that was like a summons to every mother, for every woman, for a man that is calling out for his mother that is deceased, speaks a heavy, a heavy cold. 
So um, I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to let JJ talk talk about that. Give you the answers. Well, family, this is this is a just. I look at everything from a historical perspective, and you know what what happened is the part of a continuing legacy of what's been happening with Africans in America since its inception, like you said, Carrie. So you have 21 generations of Africans in America. Of those 21 generations, the first 12 generations, free labor, had no rights. They were enslaved people. So you had 250 years of unlicensed horrors that black people had to experience. And that seed that was planted at the inception of our arrival was, was planted in, in a people so violent towards us and filled with so much hateful rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have 12 generations that had to experience physical slavery and then you had another four generations, which is 100 years of terrorism that went on after the Africans got their so-called freedom uh, in, in the, the war that took place in this country. So you have 16 generations right there of pure terror, pure exploitation. And then you have the, the next five generations, which we know was mass incarceration. Uh, our communities were poisoned. So it's, it's a continuing history. This, this legacy, we're living this. This is not like something, this is living history. And it's a continuing legacy that has been at the root of our arrival here. So let's look at it psychologically. I mean, if you take it to the mind of how someone could treat a human being in such a manner. When you go to the slave castles uh, in West Africa, in particular Ghana, they have slave castles there that they built to export slaves to the New World, as it was known. Uh, uh, and, and Ghana was known as the slave coast. Mm -hmm. And so you imagine these large slave castles as they were, which was business. And the business was the human cargo. And that human cargo was blessed and sanctioned by the church. They had little churches inside of these slave castles. So at the onset, the very people that were being enslaved were not looked on as human beings. So once that, that seed got planted, whatever horrific act that happened to us here has been happening from the very beginning. And it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to, to talk about when you're living through uh, a Holocaust, if, if I could use that word, because our experience here has been one of uh, a horrific journey, and I haven't seen any of any of those signs to say that what we have given to this this country is worth what I've seen in that tape. It, it doesn't measure up because Africans have given absolutely everything. They have contributed to the very beginnings of this country until here we are right now. And so, historically. Why is there so much hate? Mm -hmm. How can we kill a human being 
with such hatefulness. Hatefulness and impunity. Disregard. Well, the, system, the system was a slave system that set it up. That's the basis on which we're speaking of. So if you never looked at these people as human beings, which they did not look at them as human, that is why, you know, we are on the ledgers of a lot of the plantations as property to go out with, you know, kind of as hogs or, or cows or whatever animals you had. And with that mindset, when you can plant that in a human being, that another human being is an animal, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to get that mindset, you know, out. There are people that still here that have exhibited, you know, uh, horrific, you know, experiences with this country. But it is the mindset of the people that brought us here that treat us in this manner. And that is why. There are so many horrific stories that we could tell. There's a hundred years of lynching. I mean, there's it's it's just the, the the saga is a living saga, and the story is still being written. So it's hard to say, you know, what that felt. I think about, you know, what my brother Emmett Till had to go through his mother because she had the open casket, what they did to her son, and that went national, and. When you see the horrors of what we experience here, it's, it's, it's unlike anything that has happened in the world in modern time. So we're living it right now. That is what I'm saying. So trauma. It's, it's uh, when, trauma. Yeah, I wanted to share. This is a quote by Brian Stevenson. It's pretty much saying what you're saying, JJ. He's the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative. Yeah, we know Brian. Had- we love him. He's yeah. he's our he's our <laughs> great legal mind right now. <laughs> he said yeah, the great yeah the great evil of American slavery was not involuntary servitude, but rather the narrative of racial differences recreated to legitimize slavery because we never yeah. dealt with that evil. I don't think slavery ended in 1865. It just no. evolved. Yeah, it did. And the Equal Justice Initiative, Brian Stevenson, man, he's doing a, I mean, a, a just an honorable job. He's walking in the, the feet of some some giants. And uh, I, I just, I'm so impressed with, with his work and what he does. But it's true what he says. This, this legacy has ne- never been addressed. So the mindset of the people who, who brought us here, who who are currently still enslaved, enslaving us. It was not through the criminal justice system, which you have a court system that just legitimizes this. We have the uh, uh, the Dred Scott case of 1857, which there was no law. This is a Supreme Court decision that there was no law that a white man was bound to respect when it came to an African. Mm-hmm. And that was at the Supreme Court of 1857. So we have a history that just is undeniable, you know, in this country. And the blind eye that, that happens to us is only because the, the people, the, the actual Europeans that enslaved us have a cognitive dissidence that they cannot grapple with the reality of what's happening to us. It's, it's genocide. We, we know that they have extincted certain indigenous people, uh, when they when they so-called founded this land, you know, they they they, they bludgeoned it from one end to the other, and so. Um, but the thing, is something yeah. that we 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 become used to. 
You know, I, I was listening to a, a, a teacher and she was someone who was involved in the civil rights movement around the time of Dr. King. And she was just kind of explaining about the, the irony of we, we really, we are all one race that we all actually emerged out of Africa. And the only reason why the difference of the skin color and the eyes is from the lack of melatonin as people move north from the equator. And so what is this, self-hatred? I mean, I don't, you know, when you really understand that. Well, see, the great ancestor, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing, she left us with uh, a, 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 a wellspring of information on racism, white supremacy and how it, is, it works in every facet of our lives, you know? But the, the thing is the genetic power of African people. And that is the thing that the Europeans really, uh, I don't know, I can't say envied, or I, I think this is the thing that they feared the most mm-hmm. was the, the, the DNA power of African people. Because if you, if you have a child with an African, the dominant, DNA of the African, the child is going to come out looking African. Mm-hmm. So that is a big fear factor amongst, uh, amongst a, a lot of the, the Europeans that run this country. A lot of the, you know, so-called people that, that, that fear us. They fear the, the, the genetic DNA power that black people possess. And I believe that wholeheartedly because uh, that is what racism is based on. It's, it's, it's a hate thing but the power that black people possess because check this out because you said it we know that all people evolved out of africa but you have this people where you know most chinese look chinese you know what i'm saying most japanese look japanese but african people they go from chalk to charcoal and it was in this country that they actually bred africans when you go to new orleans they had octoroon farms and quadroon farms where they actually bred Africans like you breed animals. So, I mean, this is a, a, a deep history in, in this country that once you open it up to see, you know, really the, the horrors of what happened to us here. Uh, I mean, there's no other story that I can that I can imagine right now that rivals what what happens to Africans in this country, the legacy of what our ancestors had to go through. So I believe it's, it's the hate that is, is given to us is because of uh, the, the genetic DNA power that black people have. And all people evolved out of Africa. So that wellspring, that, that genetic code that gave us that, it's just all people have some African as a part of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a racist or if you're, you know, on those lines, that's that's a big thing to 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 uh, deny human beings. You know, do you, when we have this sort of extreme hatred, as you're saying, and fear, and I'm just, you know, do you believe racism and prejudice can ever be eradicated? Can hate. Hate is a learned behavior, and hate is a mental illness. Um, you know, a lot of the concepts that America practices, they borrow from older African concepts, you know, because 
And then your first presidents were all Freemasons and they were all practicing older African traditions. They just whitenized them and, and formulated them to different secret societies and what have you. But, uh, you know, hate is a learned behavior. I don't, I, I know that love is the most powerful energy on the face of the earth. There's nothing more powerful than love. <laughs> and so hate can't stand a chance against love. And that's, that's all that I really know because hate is something that is it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's learned. Yes. And and it's 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 not <clears throat> it's not something that I can say. I know it's a mental illness. Yeah. And it's, it's not our mental- essence. Otherwise we would be seeing infants, you know, that were hateful and I've never seen that in my entire life. Yeah, it's a learned behavior and it's really amazing, you know, uh you know, uh, just the, the trauma that you go through living in America because everything is so under the rug, so quiet, you know. It's obvious, <clears throat> it's in your face, but, you know, for generations, they, you know, they would never speak about it. You know, it's like the greatest story never told is, you know, the exploitation of these Africans that we have here and we've taken everything from them. We have not allowed them to prosper or grow in any way. And if we do, it's because we have the controls over whatever, you know, we have given them. So there's really no no growth. I mean, you know, you get a few Africans that, that do well, that, that monetize themselves well. But I don't know if that's really success. Success to me is, if, you know, is how you're accepted in your society. You know, mm-hmm. it's not based on money, you know. Yeah. You can get money, but, you know, are you treated like a, a, a normal citizen? Are you treated... Humanely. Humanely. No. And every time we think about that, it's no. But it's this system is built on that. See, and so that's the whole thing. And, and most indigenous people are karma believing people. They believe in karma. What goes around comes around. And I don't think that the Europeans that enslaved us believe in karma. Because uh, it's just such a, a tragedy to continue to try to subjugate people for well, 21 generations, my people has been here and, you know, we got like a Voting Rights Act. And I mean, there's never been really any human rights investigation into what has happened to us here. We've been experimented on. There's everything that can happen to you under the yoke of white supremacy has happened to us in America. And a lot of it has gone, you know, with a blind eye because the system is, 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 it's rotten to the core. As my, my friend, uh, Father Amdi said, it's too corrupt to change. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Eco Justice Radio on KPFK Los Angeles. Host Carrie Kim is speaking with Renee Mims and JJ Cabasa, revered elders, musicians, and community leaders coming to us from the world stage in Los Angeles's Lamert Park discussing No Justice, No Peace, 21 Generations. So what do you think is the proper response then, you know, given, given everything that you're saying and how endemic it is? You the know, only we- thing that's going to free us is love. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. Love. It's that simple. And with love comes a lot of respect. A lot of things come with love. And if you don't have the capacity to love, see, that's the God in each and every one of us. And if you don't have that, you know, that love, you know, for your fellow man, for, for, for your brethren, for your sister, for life, for nature, 
See, the Europeans, they, they, they attack the, the, the land just like the way they do us when you think about, you know, how they, uh, you know, use up the land and, and they, 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 they don't use it for purposes, but for profit. Mm -hmm. the, the people that came here before them that were the caretakers of this land, they didn't, you know, kill the animals and, and, and you know, try to have chickens and, you know, uh, uh, they didn't build cities, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, that's a very European thing, you know. Uh, this place here was paradise, mm -hmm. but there's no clean streams right now. The air is poisoned, you know, the land is poisoned. I mean... The, the people are poisoned, you know, it's, that is the system of imperialism or capitalism or white supremacy, because the people that came here, they, they, they came at, persecuted themselves. A lot of them were religious zealots, you know, prisoners. I mean, the queen just unleashed their worst on this continent, yes. you know, and so you got a lot of historic issues to deal with when you think about what you see and when you see what happened to Brother George in there. And you can think about Sister Mary Turner in, in, Ala, in Alabama down there. That's, the, that's one, of the, you know, one of the most horrific lynching states, Alabama, Georgia, mm -hmm. then Georgia. And they, they lynched her husband, but she was complaining about the fact that they lynched her husband in she was eight months pregnant and they didn't like the fact that, you know, she was going off so hard about the loss of her husband and the wickedness and the fact that he was lynched and they came and got her and she was eight months pregnant and they tied her upside down and they uh, burned her and they cut the baby out and uh, stomped on the baby's head. This is the legacy, a horrific legacy that we live every day with this kind of history, generational. This ain't like, I said 21 generations because this is from the first generation that arrived here until what you see happened to Brother George. That's 21 generations of horrific violence on the defenseless people. The law don't defend us. Yeah. The police evolved out of slave catching, you know, for runaway slaves that was trying to get off the plantation. That's how we, we got a, a policing anyway. Mm -hmm. And so this whole thing is becoming really what I call uh, karma. What goes around comes around. And you know, you cannot, you know, hold no one down forever. So that my answer is love is gonna what is what's gonna heal all of this. Because if you don't have love, then you have nothing. Because hate will give you nothing. Hate will only give you destruction and death. Love can give you life just perpetuates the cycle. You know, given that, I was wondering if you could comment on retrib retributive justice and restorative justice and where is the balance between the two? Because the system here is obviously largely punitive. You know, we have, um, you know, prisons for profit and so forth. And I, I just wonder what your feeling is about how to serve justice rightfully. Well, you know, the justice system is, is as you know, is, is corrupt to the core. Mm -hmm. and, and so modern slavery it's you have to you, you 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 can't try to fix something that's already well broken mm -hmm. rotted to the core you mm -hmm. can't fix that there's right. no fix on certain integral things that this that this system was built on mm -hmm. you know you, you cannot really fix 
it serves the people that are refusing or don't want to let it go. And until that part of the cancer, so to speak, is determined and that part eradicated, it, it's not so much destroying it or ending it. It's the fact that because of this systematic continuation of, I want to say entitlement, because it is, it's as if it, like JJ said, this is something that began from slave right. hunting and catching. And so for the police to be built on such a unjust, brutal and barbaric foundation, and it serves a people that benefit from it, and until they no longer benefit from it, uh, until that power is taken away, it, it's just very difficult to do. Like at this moment right now, we're facing, we're facing off with evil, calling evil out. Now, JJ's telling this story. If some of us, some of the people that have been walking and protesting and speaking up, they would have been burned, hung, and their baby would have been cut out of them. I saw mothers protesting. So we... We're working, we're working towards that, but I just feel as if, as long as it's serving a people that benefit from it, they have, that has to be flushed out. It has to be. So you have a system where you have white privilege at the core. Mm -hmm. You know, they had your first presidents of this country. Mm -hmm. uh, with slaves. With slaves. Yes, I mean, the, you had the Virginia dynasty, which Virginia is a wicked slave-owning state, and it just has a wicked history with, with African people. So, I mean, you, you it's the foundation is rotted. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't, you, you have to level everything in order to build anything, you know, because the old is not going to work. It's like, right. it's like, it's, they're too corrupt to change. I mean, you have eight people in America that have more wealth than the system doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, it feeds the needs of the slave-owning elite, the mm -hmm. control brokers, and that, that mindset is well-seated yeah. in, in what it does. And so you're asking for those people to give up, you know, they're no, that's what you know, and and, and and I don't think they look at us as human right now. It's so, evident that we treated Brother George. So that mindset is alive and well. So I'm not just trying to say, you know, it's it's hate is a dangerous thing. You mm -hmm. know, hate is like wildfire. You can get out of control, it can do serious damage. Yeah. But that is not the answer. Hate can have never answered anything. No, it's so, of the same. Systemically, you know, I think a lot of work has to be done, but you, you can't fix a broken system. So, That's you know, I have, I have a question for you on, you know, we've witnessed obviously racism based on skin color. And then also at the same time, we have very endemic socioeconomic injustice and prejudice. You know, for example, you know, we wouldn't see this happen to Will Smith or Oprah Winfrey or Michael Jordan, but what does that mean? You know, what does that mean to you, I mean, African-American? I mean, you know, you, 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 
certain certain people. Well, Michael Jordan, I was I was told like he's a investor into private prisons. You know, oh, we don't know, we don't, know what, we don't know what his money do. But I mean, uh, you know, you, you you get money, you get a little class. I don't know if I can say that. Uh, you know, because you have money, you you get a pass card. I I don't really I don't really feel that because, you know, I look at Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby had a lot right. of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But or or they make an example, so it kind of works both ways. Because then we have you know. Yes, I mean, you know, it's like when when you're not viewed as a human being, then it's fair game that anything could possibly happen to you under yeah, under far. this system. And see, that's what most people fail to understand is the violent nature of this system towards us. And we have a very obvious, uh, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're black in, in white America, you know? So you're like that drop right there, so obvious, man. You know, it's like the brother Aubrey right there in, uh, in Georgia that got hunted down like an animal with trucks and, and he had the guns and the, the white boy was filming and- I mean, Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you know, you you yeah. don't. The calendar doesn't mean anything. It's the system. It is it's the system. global. It's the system. It, it's your global. courts, your courts, yeah. your laws. You know everything that is that this 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 country was built on was built on the seven wicked, you know, virtues, not the seven righteous virtues. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, and it's evident. And then for you to. Like now it's time to open up the closet and deal with the skeletons in our closets. You know, can you can you get rid of that cognitive dissidence and say, yeah, man, we did this, you know, own up to the violence of your ancestors and to the people that's perpetrating that right now. You have to own up to that. And then you gotta come to the love side. And without love, it ain't gonna happen. You know, you can change the laws all you want. But if if somebody doesn't have the spirit of love in their in their nature towards other human beings, then you're not going to. There's no book. There's no laws because that can that can change that. You know, the only thing that can really at the basis of everything is that four letter word right there. If you really want to commit to change, because love will make you change. See, because when you say you love something, you know, like you love your daughter, you know. You you go protect it. You know you're gonna do love. Love is a is it's a verb. It's an action word. So mm-hmm. you know get on the love side of history, and you know we can go places. Are you feeling that people are? Are you feeling that at least some people are actually coming to terms with this right now, or even just beginning to really see that it's not something abstract. This is like you said, real terror, real injustice, real violence that has gone on. And it's, it's, it's for some people, it's like too much to bear. It's so incomprehensible. People can't even handle um, looking at it in its face. Yeah, but see, oftentimes the media, you know, we, we never on the news unless, you know, we're doing something horrible, you know, but they never talk or, or report the things that happen. So, like I say, it's white supremacy is all facets: entertainment, law, sports, education, business, finance. It's in every facet. That's why we say it's it's, it's systemic. It's corrupt to the core, mm-hmm. and and you will find racism in all of those categories. Yeah. So, 
how do we, how do you, you know, that's, that's a real golden thing. But I know that, you know, the Europeans have to answer that question because, you know, black people has given nothing but love since they've been here. And even all of the things that happened to us, we still love, yeah. you know, this country, these people. And it's but amazing. It's just amazing. It is amazing. You know, I think in a way, like you say, I feel like there's almost some kind of a, uh, maybe not envy or jealousy, something about that because um, black people are so much closer to their ancestors, I would say, in general, like just maybe as a generalization, but closer to ancestors, closer to um, community, that the ties of community among black communities can, is a lot stronger than I've ever seen in a lot of, you know, that, um, you know, white Anglo-Saxon people have, because that's you know, been dismantled for many, many generations for them. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's funny you should say that because maybe the last few years, African people have been grappling with their, you know, their origin, you know, like, where, where do I come from? You know, mm -hmm. what's my identity? You know, my name is not, you know, right. you got English title name, but you know that you're not English. So, you know, what, you know, what part of Africa did they take you from? Right. You know, you see, you know, and, 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 and so, you know, they have certain, you know, people that, uh, that don't even know, you know, right. You know, what part of the, you know, the human family that they're connected to, they don't know and so that's all of that is very dangerous, man. And so it's important, you know, that we open the book on the uh, the horrors that this country has been responsible for for 21 generations, you know, since the first African set, you know, his foot right there in Virginia, you know, right there at the Rock. So, uh, you know, I I wanted to ask you a question about the terminology of black and white because. You know, as far as I can see, the term black emerged out of census taking as kind of a category. And, you know, I don't know if you think it, you know, if in any way it, it becomes reductive when we say black and white and that we are, it's much easier to lose, um, to dehumanize or objectify when we're, we're using those terms of colors, you know, versus um, heritage. So on the money, Carrie, I love you so much because that's very, very important what you just asked right there. Because we are, if you, I'm speaking English to you. So, you know, I, I, I'm a, a noun. A noun is a person, place, or a thing. Mm -hmm. So black is, a, is an adjective. It's not even a noun. It's a it's it's black is not even a noun. It's an adjective. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So you know, it's like black. What is where is black land? You know, yeah. where is white land? No, these are Europeans. So you know, you have this real racist core in the south, and most of the people in the south are from Germany, Dutch land. They're mm -hmm. English. They're mm -hmm. French. Mm -hmm. They're they 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 have European origins. Right. So once you know the people in the South and why they're so rigidly racist is because you have to go back to their, their European origins and, and, and maybe find out. The Dutch were particularly wicked in Africa. The Germans were particularly wicked in Africa. The English were big slave traders. The French, very wicked. You know, you have 52 African nations, but 31 of those African nations speak French. 
Okay, that's their national language. Mm -hmm. So, no, I am a African. Mm -hmm. That is a non-black. Doesn't sit well with me because it doesn't really, you know, it's it's not. First of all, it's not a noun, and it doesn't really specify. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really honor. I mean, I've always had a trouble using it, but then I know, you know, it's almost like the word got co-opted, but at the same time, there's a big loss with the words and it's not even accurate because we're not, not, no one is really hundred percent black or hundred percent white anyway. It's like shades no. of brown and shades of pink and you know, it, it's, it's not accurate. So no. there's this huge leveling that happens with those terms. So it, it, it bothers me. <laughs> To be honest, you know. Well, actually, you know, it was it was a German doctor that came up with race in the first place. You know, race is a concept that a German concept that that got invented because we all know that you know humanity evolved out of Africa. So I really look at the world as one people, and then yeah. you just we all have these different views, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yes. And if you, but most people can't accept that when you have people that are of a racist ideology, then you know, race ideology becomes big, you know? And so, you know, I mean, we we would die in this country if we looked at a white woman. That was Emmett Till's uh, death certificate because he whistled at a white woman. So, I mean, this, this race purity thing is really a joke, mm -hmm. but some people take it very seriously, yeah. you know? I uh, think you're right. I mean, it's like we really need to just, say we're human beings because we need to start being part of one one family, you know? Well, we have to accept the truth. If life, if human life evolved out of Africa and then, you know, and the Africans migrated to the, you know, four corners of the earth, then we all got a little bit of that African, you know, origin in us. I mean, I mean, the geneticists have told us that. I mean, you know, Lewis, Dr. Lewis Leakey let it, you know, out to the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's a common theme that man evolved out of Africa. But if you're a, 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 of a different mindset, that might be hard to accept that you come from, you know, an African seed base, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. If, if you can't accept that, then therein lies some, 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 some problems that you're going to be faced with. So the, the answer to me, Carrie, is love, you know, and that thing is a real serious medicine pill to take. Absolutely. And I don't see a lot of people using that because it's a very powerful energy because it trans it transmits color it transmits everything it's an energy. Mm -hmm. you see the people out there, and you know we have COVID nineteen we have forty million people unemployed. Yes. You know that then you got these these hotter fire racial issues bubbling and I see everybody out there on the front line. I didn't just see you know African people out there. I seen. You know, Europeans, I've seen Mexicans, I've seen Indians, I've seen everybody out there, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just trying to look in the eye of, you know, the system saying, what's really going on with this? Where are we going with this? Where is this really going? If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Eco Justice Radio on KPFK Los Angeles. Host Carrie Kim is speaking with Renee Mims and JJ Cabasa, revered elders, musicians, and community leaders coming to us from the world stage in Los Angeles's Lamert Park, discussing No Justice, No Peace, 21 Generations. I mean, why do you feel that? Do you feel that it was just a matter of the circumstances of unemployment and of COVID and so forth as far as why 
George Floyd's death became really the splash point right now because it's not new. Well, you know, sometimes it's just certain incidents tip over. I'll give you an example. When we had the, uh, the, the, the insurrection in Watts in 1965, you know, uh, Deadwater was taking his wife to, uh, she was pregnant to the hospital. The police stopped him, the gun went off, shot the black man, you know. So certain incidents just are so outrageous that it just it sparks the fire. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, already dry, it's dry, dry tenderlings already. You know, we're walking on eggshells in this land. Every day you have to go out, you know, you have to, you know, always tell your children, be safe, be careful. And you always have to give these protective coats out, you know, every morning that you walk out because you know that, you know, what you're about to be faced with could be like, I could get locked up on this day. I could go to inside of the injustice system. You know, because they look at you as dollars and cents. They're not looking at you from a human perspective. And that is why I keep driving that point home, Carrie, because if you do not look at me as a human being, if you look at me less than that, then you can imprison me. You can charge me up for all the little petty little crimes. Look, give me tickets. and You just charge me to be here, just to exist. They have children locked up on the it's like It's like when black people started running out of the South you know, making the exoduses into the uh, into the cities, going to Detroit and going to Northeast New York, and they were leaving. Black people tried, I mean, you know, the, the, the Europeans in the South, the slave ones, they actually tried to stop them. You know, they, they created laws to keep them from, you know, making the exodus to get away from this enslavement. It's just crazy, the whole history that we're, we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you're going to unravel in overnight. Uh, no. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. this is just another uh, chapter, just another page. This is because just... this has been going on daily for 21 generations. Mm-hmm. You know, years Dr. Of, Dr. You know, Cornell West had yes. said that in the U.S. we are privatized, individualized, and militarized. And I wonder what your response is to that comment and whether you think it is possible to, you know, it just seems like really, it really has to be a whole new paradigm, you know? I I love Dr. Cornell West, soldier, frontline. I mean, everything that could happen to us here, uh, I, I can't think of any other story historically. And here we are, you know, uh, again, with a, with a horrible page in the history of what what happens to us in this country, and it's just like um, we have been co-opted and exploited to the the most extreme measure. All of our resources are taken from us. You know, we're not allowed to, you know, have any creative license or freedom in this country that is not taken away from you. It's like because they have this this view of us as less than human, which is why certain, you know, actions and activities can go on against us mm-hmm. is really at the core and at the basis of, of all of the unrest. The questions that, you, you know, you asked me, I, I think people that are, you know, like say, you have to ask the people that are inflicting the pain 
you, you know, it's hard, you know, I, I'm a, say like I'm a victim of the pain, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a victim. So you have to ask the victimizer, you know, why he continually does this. And it's oftentimes that that's where you, you know, you will see, you know, the psychological makeup of what, you know, goes through an individual to make them, you know, do these things. So a lot of times I like to know how, uh, you know, different, you know, Europeans feel about this. You know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. you, you know how you feel and, you right. know, you see what's happening in front of you. But how does that make, you know, Jack feel or, you know, different Europeans that, that, that see these things? I mean, you know, what is their take on it? You know, because their end is going to be really the answer, because that is where the change is going to come from. It's going to come from the people that 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 are witnessing this. You know, are, are you going to be uh, silent or are you going to be a voice? And so I, I'm always interested in how people look at this, how, how they see this. You know, you know, different, you know, different Europeans in the country. You know, uh, and and, and I, I mean, you see the youth out. The youth is pure, so mm-hmm. they, they they they're hungry for truth and and right. they see it, but. You know, how, how does, you know, how does everybody feel, you know? Do you think it would change change a lot to see more Europeans out there demonstrating in this country for this? Oh, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because that's, that's where it's at. That's what's got to happen, you know, because that's where the change is going to come from, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always feel that, you know, promises is, you know, I mean, you know, they broke 200, over 250 treaties with the Indians. They broke so many, you know, promises with, with African people, you know, 40 acres in a mule. I, no, it's going to come from, you know, the youth. The, it's going to come from, you know, the European youth and, and you know, them uh, assessing what their ancestors done and saying, no, we can't, we can't continue this legacy. And right. it's going to take children to wake up and say no. And that's well, what... I feel like that's what we're seeing, though. We see the youth because yeah, the youth. That's, they that's what you started, and and that's what the '60s was like. I mean, you know, that generation. You know, the children came out and they said, "No more war." You know, we're tired of this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, the system is has been killing from the beginning, and so yeah. it's going to take their children mm-hmm. to really speak to the parents and say, "Look, y'all kind of demented." Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have a couple of links of generations where that's broken. You know, sacred ties. You know and so, if that if it's not addressed on that level, because you you have to you have yeah you know. Well, I I also think that a lot of these children that are coming out, they have parents like JJ. Mm-hmm. They have parents that have been teaching them the truth yeah. and have been under the guidance of teachers and people in different organizations, spiritual community, and they're listening. They may not exactly do things the way we do, but it's a reflection of what has been going on, and it's the development of the struggle. And although we are hit with crack, meth, so many other different type of uh, economical and social issues that would get us back, even to COVID, you find that we still have a strong toehold on what's going on. So this is just a a bigger picture of what happened 20, 30 years ago. It's an evolution of what we've been, what's been getting put down. And I'm glad to see that now the attention has come from out of the community and we place it in another part of town where people are a little bit more concerned with folk 
uh, in their communities, coming to their offices, standing in front of their homes, demanding justice and some type of response. You can't hide. You have to come out that corner. And um, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I love the charge that they've taken. I love the fact that they are getting information and being guided by at elders as well. There's a lot of things going on. People saying, well, what are we going to do now? This has been being planned for a long time. There are a lot of organizations out there that you can get involved with that are already placed. You don't have to start anything new that have been working on towards this day for a long time. And, and we're just blessed to be a part of it and see it happen because it was going to happen and it has happened. Mm -hmm. So look at here, look at here. Our what answer, you, yeah. What do you have to say about a yeah. largely Europeans, American youth that don't have sort of as much of this intact connection with elders and it's sort of not through tradition, obviously, coming here. You know, this was a really disruptive way that people arrived here. Like you said, they were fleeing from persecution. They were, you know, the coming not with elders because the elders couldn't mostly make the middle passage here. Mm -hmm. So so it's like this DIY kind of generation and you're elderless. So what do you say about sort of the um, you know Anglo-Saxon, European, American youth that don't we, we, have we, that? There was enough information that made it through the middle passage for it to still make it through the church house mm -hmm. and through the schoolhouse and through your home. There was still those African traditions being taught by my parents' parents. Mm -hmm. Those things were able to still exist and come through. And um, we may have a remnant, but the remnant was powerful enough to still take a hole and set a fire. The fire next time is blazing right now. And there's really no flame you can see, but it, it's on fire now because it has manifested into something else now. Mm -hmm. It's um, a problem with being, we say, black, is that the, the unjust is all over the world. It's not just here in the United States. It's global. It's a global issue. You can go to any country, anywhere, Germany, Paris, Brazil. You find racism. Yes. Racism. Yeah. Yes, it's global, global racism. Life. So that's what has really gotten the attention of everyone. And now they say, I've heard this and I've read this, White people want to know how to support, mm -hmm. how to be more conscious, because some of them say that they didn't even realize that they were so behind or ignorant to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. They have posts now that tell you different movies you can watch that maybe can help you get a better understanding. Um, maybe you don't have to ask your friends, your uh, friends of color, um, certain particular questions that may be very sensitive rather than ask them, you know, you set forth a situation where you may be able to support, support or ask them about an organization that you could join or they could join with you to help support the movement. Because in three weeks, or when the hype, as they say, when it gets cold, is this going to be a cold case? I hope not. I believe that the fire this time is so hot you can't even see it. And I believe that um, the young people that are navigating through this tough time right now are, are trusting in ancestors. They may not have got the whole story, but they got enough of it to know that they have power. Yeah. 
Well, I feel that about definitely, you know, communities of color. I think they're closer to ancestors because that's more of a sort of the traditional practice that are still, like you said, they're still alive. Even if it's just a thread, there's something there. But for a lot of these um, Europeans, Americans, people who, uh, it's really all Americans came from Europe, really. You know, they're tied style. <laughs> our ancestors live in us every day. Well, you see, the yeah. church is complicit in slavery as well. And never forget that. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this white Jesus image is a, is an enslaving image. It's a spiritual, mm-hmm. spiritual enslavement. Mm-hmm. Because we know that, you, you know, that image is not a real image because right. you cannot, you know, subjugate people to that image. You know, you would be having... You know, it's just, you know, we have real serious uh, psychological issues from, you know, 21 generations of living here. So, you know, when you see, like, pressure of living here, you'll see black people dye their hair blonde and put blue eyes in their head and... Straighten their hair or what? Straighten their hair out because that's just, that's the pressure of living under white supremacy so long. You understand? And so yeah. you're going to do, you, you morph into something totally, you know, unrecognizable just to coexist yeah. under this type of pressure. Yeah. Even in the speech, right? Even in kind of like white man kind of speech, you know, yeah. the, art, the articulation of that and, and so much of that is just I mean, exposed. It's, it's, it's not real. It's, it's just crazy. But I mean, you know, like I, I believe the future belongs to the youth and, uh, yeah. You know, always gonna 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 fall off. You know, because you can't stop time. You can't stop the future. And and wickedness can't last for so long. You know, yeah. but we know love is forever. Mm-hmm. And that's why we stand firm with that energy. That's why you know a lot of our teachings are teachings of nonviolent. You know, protest, nonviolence, and dealing and dealing with the beast because. He, he is so enraged, and when you go in there and you try to defeat him with the weapons, and and no, he has all of the weapons. The only thing that you can take in is your faith. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that you have to defend yourself against what's happening to us is your faith. Yeah. And you love, as you said. So, you know, I wanted to um, thank you both so much for coming on, and I, I, you have both so much wisdom to share, and this. Uh, this era, we need all the elder wisdom and ancient wisdom, ancestral wisdom that um, is out there. And I wanted to ask you both, how can listeners reach out to you? How can they stay in touch with you or, you know, learn more? Are there places they should go that you recommend? Well, Robert JJ. You're going to get in the world stage, Mama Nene? Yes. I mean, that's our headquarters. Our headquarters is the world stage. The world stage was founded by Billy Higgins, <clears throat> and he was the most recorded jazz drummer in the history of jazz. Drum roll. And he left this house here mm-hmm. as a, a place for us to convene and, and raise our uh, musical levels up and our, you know, our, our knowledge of, of this great music that we gave America called, called jazz. But Yes. We're here, and you know, and the community is, is 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 open to come here. There's all kind of uh, great musicians, legendary musicians for the youth to learn and mm-hmm. and, and engage, and and so this is our waterhole right now. The world stage. This is our hospital. 
we'll be doing some streaming soon. We got a concert coming up, a couple of concerts coming up this weekend coming. We have live streaming. We haven't actually physically opened the doors yet. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we do have a plan. It will be a little different. We may not be able to host as many people inside, but we will Mm -hmm. be opening the doors sooner. Maybe not so soon, but sooner than later we will. But right now, stay in touch. You can find us at the World Stage. I'm the I'm the uh, one of the members of a women's drum alliance called Shimawasi, and I just like to say that Bobby Beje is one of our historians, but he's also a master musician. I don't just like to say he's a drummer because he plays a lot of other instruments besides drums. But uh, he's been teaching and dealing with the youth, and he's been quite a force in the community over here, not just in Lemur Park, but this is just one of his. This is one of his, this is where his heart is. One of the mm-hmm. places where he puts a lot of energy in. There's so many beautiful stores in this community and activity, as he was saying. Good food. Mm-hmm. A lot of the food places are open to Jamaican restaurants that's here in the community. We do an art walk every last Sunday of the month. We haven't exactly gotten that rolling yet. But uh, just go to the World Stage and, and drop in on uh, the Lamert Park beat. We have different things that'll show up and give you some information about what's going on in the village. World it's Stage, what, they have a website, right? What is it? WorldStage.com. It's the World Stage. Okay. And so you let's find me at, um, You can find me at um, Shine Mwasi. Shine Mwasi, S-H-I-N-E-M-U-W-A-S-I. Yeah. Or just Facebook or Instagram, um, Shine Mwasi. It'll come up. We'll put the links up with your uh, your interview and thank you both so much and uh, you know JJ and Mama Nene I we know that love is the way. I'm just really proud of the work that you do. It's very important. I told that, you it was going to be the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you to our guests today, Renee Mims and J.J. Cabasa, community leaders and musicians coming to us from the world stage in Los Angeles's Lamert Park. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. This has been No Justice, No Peace, 21 Generations. Visit us on social media at EcoJustice Radio and SoCal350. If you like what you heard and you want others to be informed, subscribe to our podcast, like the post, and share the episodes. A project of SoCal 350, EcoJustice Radio can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and at ecojusticeradio.org. Created by Mark and J.P. Morris, executive producer Jack I, engineer Blake Lamkin, interview hosted by Carrie Kim, and original music by Javier Cadre. And until next time, remember, the power is yours.